Hey, two against one. For once, again, not against me. Wait, I think I'm... No, I think I'm, I'm no, agreeing with Abby. No, you're with me. I'm talking about Damn Chelsea. it! What the heck? <laughs> Hello, I'm Abby. Hi, I'm Chelsea. And I'm Paul, and welcome to 3D Beam Up. Today, we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 13, Obsession. By Calvin Klein. <laughs> <laughs> So, Paul, I feel bad because you are left out currently because Chelsea and I are in the same physical location and you are not. Yep. Yeah, that is true. It seems fair. Fair, okay. Because in our present and the listener's distant past at this point, it is December and and holiday time, and Chelsea is visiting me at my home. In the Midwest. Yep. My favorite place. And her dog is torturing my dog. That seems fair also. The Midwest is one of the better Wests. It's the The only only West. West. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's the actual West. No, that doesn't exist. I don't think so. (laughs) Sorry, listeners who are from there. Wow, so you're just saying it. Okay, I thought you were just saying it, the naming thing. Like there's the Plain States and the Rockies. No. And then there isn't. Okay. No, No, we're we're all in agreement. Specifically detrimental (laughs) to other places. Yes, indeed. I agree. Oh, so this episode. This. Uh, do we have to talk about it? Can we just yes, talk about something? Yes, we do. First else? of all, so, I love this episode. This is one of those episodes where I actually forgot to take notes for long periods of time because I was oh so into it. It is one of those episodes <laughs> where I watched it multiple times because I loved it so much. I watched it once, was taking notes, and was like, I have nothing to take notes on. I am so bored and want to stop watching this episode. <laughs> Well, I have yeah. lots and lots and lots of notes, so don't worry. I'll help us out here. You're you you're can... in the driver's seat on this one, I think, because yeah, we were talking it, about this before, but Abby and I are much more on the same page with this episode. Yeah. It's, have... it's terrifically forgettable. It's, it is. It's, it's not. It's the second episode we have watched that was based on Moby Dick, and the other one was so much better. Yes, but I think this episode is really about PTSD. Although, of course, that wouldn't have been defined in the 60s. And it's really about Jim coming to terms with that past guilt, that blaming himself for the death of his captain, which, by the way, is another person in his life that is mentioned just the once for their death and then <laughs> never again comes back or has... The Farragut comes up a couple times, though, doesn't it? It does. So, yeah. But that Captain Garrowick doesn't come up again. And well, neither, no, 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 neither no. does the young Garrowick. The, the, the USS Farragut is the ship that, like, trivia about my star trek anytime i need to pull a random ship in any series i, I randomly <laughs> think of the farragut <laughs> i don't know why doesn't make a lot of sense but it's the one that it's always fine. pops to mind sure anyway my point is that i like that premise i think it's a deep premise and i think it's a premise that a lot of uh viewers can relate to a lot of people can relate to coming to terms with past guilt Oh, yeah, I think that the theme is fine. I think the execution is flawed. 
Really? It's so exciting. What is the death I toll? It has to be one of the bloodiest. It's up there, right? It There's... is up there. They Although Leslie, three red shirts, right? Leslie dies, yeah. but he gets better because he's in other episodes. I know. Oh, I thought yeah. about that. Yeah. He's in like every episode, practically. Yeah, uh, he's in a lot of episodes. They kill him off in this one, but he gets better. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. That doesn't make sense. I could have used a B plot. I really could have used a, hey, there are people freezing to death on the planet. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> like. There's no B-plot. I could have used a B-plot. I never say I could use a B-plot. I usually am like, I wish they would have just used the A-plot and forgotten this stupid B-plot. Not in this case. In this case, could have used a B-plot. I don't know. Attacking aliens or freezing on a planet or anything. Literally anything else. Because the only B-plot is the medicine. And it's only mentioned to basically piss Kirk off. Like, that's all it does. Yeah, that's not so much a B plot. Yeah, it's just a weird driver for yeah. suspense in the A plot. But yeah, I just yeah. nonetheless, I think it's so effective. I love the opening. It's so exciting with the disappearance and the appearance of the fog, and like you can only tell the creature by its smell and the scanning for dichronium, whatever that is. I, I didn't get the like his. His well obsession, we have to say it, I suppose. <laughs> um, with the smell, right? Like he, they're describing. They're like, "Oh yeah, I saw this like weird smoke creature come out from behind a rock. Then it moved around, like with intelligence, and then it attacked us. And we were like, we lost all our red blood cells." And Kirk's like, "But did it smell like this? <laughs> like, <laughs> but was there is a it not enough? sweet aroma?" Yeah, right? Like, Ugh. does he think that there's tons of these and he's looking oh, for that I, specific Oh, I took that one? to be like a Proust-like moment, like with the Madeline. You know what I mean? Like, like nope. the, the, I think it's the uh, taste of the cookie in Proust. Like, it, they copy it in Ratatouille, the, like, kids' <laughs> Disney movement, where I, I he's like, the person, like, eats a bite of the soup or something and then gets, like, it gets transported back to a different time. That's what I think that was a reference to there. Like the idea that like a taste or a smell or a texture can just transport you back to this I, other I would, time I or would place. Get, I would get that that's what he's tying the memory to. But the fact that he's so like that he's obsessed. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, he has a lot of PTSD. He has a lot yeah, of guilt yeah. over this that he has to work through. And this is about working through that PTSD without the help of any psychiatric benefit really <laughs> which can't that be is healthy true. There's, there's really no one on the enterprise helping him no 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 there's a conspiracy among his commanding officers though i loved i did love that i liked spock and bones working together that was fun i really yeah, liked that, that too can we let's try to knock some things out here like the medicine we talked talked about very briefly but like they're like they have to get to a place to pick up some medicine and take it to a different place but they never talk about why that first ship can't just take the medicine to the second place presumably because the enterprise is the flagship faster. and, and yeah. must go a lot faster that was my impression because this actually comes up several times in the series that they're being used to transport either people or cargo or medicine and it's presumably because there are only so many yeah. of these very fast ships i guess that's a good question of how many of this class of ship they have at this point because they don't they don't talk about that much but no, um they don't. wasn't the one um 
boy, the one just a little bit ago, I forget what episode that was now, but where the ship got destroyed and uh, the Doomsday Machine. Um, the, was that the Constitution, right? Yes. Yeah, so there was at least one more uh, Constellation class, or no? Well, oh, wait, it was the Constellation, we... which was a Constitution class. That's right. So they have at least some other ships, but yes. they, might, they might be off somewhere else. That's and if right. we accept Discovery as canon... I mean, in Discovery, there's Discovery and presumably a whole bunch more of these ships. Well, but that's, that's post this? Is it? It's no, nine it's years free. before it's free. this. It's free. It's free. Yeah. yeah. It's hot Spock. Sure. But yeah, it, it's just, it's, I guess they use it a little bit, but there's not much to it. And Kirk does not seem concerned. It's not going to seem concerned at all. Um, but it also raises the question of like how... Um, how perishable this medicine is like yeah which doesn't make a lot of sense either but sure yeah so i guess we're maybe in agreement that that part of the plot is a little weak maybe it holds up but they use that a lot yeah it's like they couldn't think of anything better it is a good boilerplate like oh we need to be here but i kind of agreed that i'd rather have had a solid b plot than this like weird And it still could have been a timing thing. Like, there still could have been some kind of, I don't know, they had to work out a treaty or something. I don't know. But something that was time sensitive as well. I almost like it. (sighs) So I think TNG does it here and there. But I almost like it when they just completely make it a farce and say, like, oh, we have to get to, like, this planet for something crazy. Or it's like, oh, well, it's uh, somebody's wedding on this planet and I have an invitation. So we have to be there. Right? Yeah, which is fine too, silly. frankly. And then, but, you, then it takes away all the, the side suspense of it. Yeah, but I really like there not being a B-plot because it gives you a lot of time to focus on the characters, the development of the characters, the interaction of the characters, mm. and some of these more interesting scenes like Chapel's interactions with some of these B-characters, like uh, with what's his name, Garavec? Garavec, Bay. Um, with Bones and Spock's relationship, which is developed quite a bit bit in the second and third seasons specifically of the show uh with the many scenes the medical scenes um on the ship both with bones with chapel with kirk i mean kirk's treatment of ensign rizzo and his uh deathbed that's that's pretty horrifying sure well so is kirk's treatment of garavik i mean sure. he's so mean to him yeah kirk has a lot of flaws in this uh there, can I episode. say there was an interesting, maybe the most uh, like jarring uh, visual effect was a cut between, um, it was Chapel and then straight to McCoy, and it had like the full season, what is it, season three? Season three, like uh, Chapel filter, where it's like super hazy, and then cut to McCoy that's like the most contrasty, <laughs> hard edge filter that they ever use. And it was like... These are not even close to the same. Like, what room are they in? <laughs> it was such a jarring visual effect. They yeah. do love a hazy filter on a woman. They yeah. really do. And it, that that one scene, I think, really paints the picture of how much of a filter they use on the female characters and how different of a uh, visual effect they use on the male characters. Uh, is ridiculous. Well, speaking of effects, I thought the makeup was really nice, too, when all their... Uh red blood cells are sucked out and they're these sort of blue lifeless corpse corpses yeah 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 that wasn't bad um 
How how much does this thing have to eat? <laughs> like quite a bit, it seems. I guess it, right. <laughs> um, it just seems that they would run into this more often out in the war in in space if it was going like planet to planet, killing a bunch of people a day. Well, and there must be only one of it. Sure. Sure. Or there can't be. It can't be. There can't be a huge population. I, I think that's the basis of, of a lot of TOS episodes. That like this is a singular example of this in the universe, um, which is well, strange, but not strange for TOS. If we're going to talk about the creature, um, I think we have to talk about uh, the ethical implications of destroying it. Sure. Because this is an intelligent creature. Kirk sensed the telepathy and the consciousness of it. Um, it stopped. It turned around and faced them, which means even Spock admitted that it was an intelligent creature, a worthy ad- adversary. So how is it different than the Horda or the Gorm? It murders on purpose. And so did the Horda and the Gorm. But it, like, super murders for no reason. <laughs> uh, no, it has a reason. It's eating them. I mean, it's a vampire cloud, right? Do we have a name for it? Can we just call it vampire cloud? I'm fine with vampire cloud. That works. I'll try to remember. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I mean, I think that one of the things that kind of bored me in the middle that is maybe more on me because so much of modern sci-fi has, has done the same thing um, is they spend a long time on that debate about whether or not it is... Um, alive, whether or not it's intelligent, whether or not, I forget if they use other words interchangeably with those. Um, but like first look at this thing, the first interaction they have, it's like, well, it's at least alive and acting in a way that like an animal would like it's doing things. It's not just a cloud of gas that like floated over to them and killed them. It's acting under will, uh, with some sort of willful control. I thought that was pretty clear too. Yeah, and, and but they they dwell on that for a while to be like, no, maybe they don't say it in these words, but they're effectively saying like, well, maybe it was just a weird cut of gas. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think that has legs. And considering it's after both the Horda and the Gorn and several other of these sort of um, animalistic uh, attacking animals, it really doesn't make sense. Yeah, and, but then the question, like, the deeper question is this. They keep going into well as an intelligent, and again, this—if I had been watching this when it was first run, it would probably be a much fresher discussion than having seen it in a lot of other um, series. There's a—I mean, TNG ripped off TOS a lot, but there's one. Um, I think it's a second season, maybe, where they find some non-carbon life on a planet where they're mining, and they go mm-hmm. into the same sort of thing. Um, I think every series sort of picks up on the same trope. Um, I don't know. I don't want to fault TOS for this, but I think that's some of the thing that contributed to this being kind of a semi-boring episode is all that talk around these issues. Well, I really wish they had gone, well, or rather dove into the ethical implications like they did with the Horda and with the Gorn. I think that would have made this a lot more interesting and a lot more valuable. But instead, they just blow over it completely, which I don't even think is in character for these characters at this point in the show. I like especially Spock. Spock's yeah. always concerned with the consciousness and intelligence of other creatures and he's always concerned with preserving life. That's 
that's their mission, right? <laughs> to right? seek yeah. out new life and to and to contact it. So I'm not yeah, I, I, really I think, sure why um, that's blown past. I think that it might be that same episode that I was just talking about or a different one, but I think Data in that one brings up that point that, like, this is our mission. Yeah. Uh, this is new life. Uh, and it is. It's strange that it's sort of blown over here because Kirk just wants to kill the thing. Well, Kirk um, is acting so out of character in this whole episode because right. of his obsession, which I think our <laughs> listeners should start a drinking game. Right. Um, but <laughs> Well, he's compromised. Well, yeah, he's very compromised. But I, I think that's part of the reason they don't discuss that is because instead of, like, talking to Kirk rationally and being like hey maybe we should investigate you obviously had a connection with this thing at some point to understand it to know that it has a consciousness so maybe we can communicate with it but they don't try that instead they're like i guess we'll just follow the captain and kill it dead so that our captain can like be himself again like that's kind of yeah yeah i I agree which i don't like but i don't like this episode so (laughs) so in terms of um i feel like i'm always asking but what sort of powers does this thing have Exsanguination. <laughs> I mean, really, well, it can move and it can eat and it eats by sucking out the blood. Exsanguinating, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. out of, Abby, Abby well, out of it. a living thing or not out of a living thing, right? Because it can do it out of the container as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that container. Oh, I forgot about the container. That's so that's right. a good so question. So it like, can, can somehow, they... yes, like get into space is or space and... Well, I mean, we could just say that it has microscopic vampire teeth. Um, they, <laughs> but they yet it notice. can't move through the ship. Well, so that's, that's one of the points the I wanted to make. That that it does have this ability. It's a micro vampire. Um, and it can travel really fast. But that's about it. Like, it, it still is very, very bound to physical law in a, in a way that a lot of villains in TOS are not. Yeah, I mean, it's um, space travels. Yeah. And it can travel really fast if it's out in open space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they captured it in, like, a glass jar or, like, a, a room, it's pretty contained. And it really can't do anything about it. Um, at least that would be the picture that gets painted. And I'm kind of surprised that wasn't a solution that was posed. Yeah, like, just capture Like, just it, vacuum like, it up. Yeah, right? Somehow. They need the... Um, space need vacuum. The, uh, yeah, I was going to say from Spaceballs. Um, <laughs> I know not that'd to be what amazing. Oh, Chelsea, have you not watched Spaceballs? No. Oh, that. Oh needs boy. To change. Well, yeah. Good thing you guys are in the same place because Abby's gonna have you watch that yeah, later. <laughs> I may. We may have plans later, Chelsea. But Yay! Um, yeah, it seems like that would be a solution and one that doesn't necessarily kill it. That you could capture it and instead say like, "Well, let's study, study it. Let's it. see like yeah. what it is." Which is why I'm super surprised Spock doesn't offer that. Yeah, and and a question, the deeper question, can can they synthesize blood? Which seems to be yes. almost certainly yes. Um, so they could feed it without, right? Yeah, that's without really true. causing it much harm if they just captured it and fed it. Um, yeah, but instead, like this episode's of... about revenge, which is sort of in sure. a way, and that's kind of antithetical to to really the premise of the show. Another reason I don't like this episode. My well, I still not, like it. <laughs> my questions were not very good as I wrote them. Like I looked, I just looked at one and said, "It's uh, could they maybe wear like a coat?" Um, <laughs> but I guess your, your question later, or your your answer later, that that it was able to get the blood out of that jar, kind of invalidates that one. So, 
Unless it was a special coat somehow. Because something in the ship prevents it from moving through the ship, except well, so through the vents. Can't, it can't move through walls as a full being, but it can puncture things with its microscopic vampire teeth to get blood out. That's the way I'm looking at it. Okay, but I'm just wondering why it can't puncture walls to get the people well, if they were, like, pressed up against the wall, maybe. You think maybe. Okay, that's what maybe, I was wondering. Maybe. But it can't itself move through a wall. Interesting. I think that's the picture that's painted, at least, right? I don't know. I hadn't considered that. Well, well, like, the time that Spock tries to hold it in a vent with his hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was weird. <laughs> You'd think Spock would have had a better idea. Yeah, like, but it's okay. use, like, a bed sheet or something. Like, he just tries to put his hands there and... Yeah, Look, do you understand so how gases work? However, Pro- Spock does have a prime moment here, people. I love it when Spock talks down to to the people, to Bones and Kirk especially. There's another <laughs> episode where he like explains like space travel with like two rocks pressing against Spock's each other. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, Spock explaining. <laughs> but he he talks about uh, how it, w- it would be good, how it would have to change its molecular structure, like gold changing itself to lead or wood changing itself to ivory. And Kirk's like, oh. <laughs> it's just classic Spock explaining right there. Yeah, what is I forget what he was talking about when he used that example, right? But oh, because it can somehow the uh, decoronium that made up element that it's made of, oh, yeah, it can disguise that. So somehow oh, it changes right. its like the the molecules, like the elements of its makeup, or is capable of describing disguising itself somehow so yeah that doesn't make sense and they never explain it well so let's let's think about this too like this this, a lot of the things in trek when you have these like weird clouds in space um the space yeah we we just kind of let (laughs) that hand wavy explanation go but they dwell so much on the intelligence here that like how could a cloud of gases be intelligent um from a physiological standpoint or an, even a, just a molecular standpoint um, is an interesting question. The only thing that makes sense to me is kind of like a hive mind where it's like the mo- individual molecules as a, as a consciousness work together kind of like Borg almost. So it's just a whole bunch of ants standing yeah, up. Yeah, like a, a bit. Yeah, that's, cool. all, that's, all, that's the only thing that makes kind of sense to me for a, a gaseous creature. Hmm. I don't know. But again, we all we all know that Science Corner is not an Abigail special fiction. <laughs> no, I like so... that. It's a, cloud, it's a cloud of vampire ants. Yeah. Yeah. For all of our listeners who are like me, that's how I see it, you guys. That's why they have the tiny little vampire teeth, because they're ants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except for molecules. Know. So if... if... Do you buy the idea that anyone on the ship should believe that shooting a laser or a photon torpedo at a cloud is going to hurt it? I literally have the note with firing phasers and torpedoes, old man yells at cloud. (laughs) (laughs) I do like that. Oh, That's That's all I could think of during that entire scene. (laughs) 
I was just, I'm like, it's just Kirk standing in his lawn, shaking his fist. That's all that's happening. I mean, they, they don't have any other option, right? To be fair, they have to use all their available weapons. But yes, it is completely ineffective. They need the space vacuum. They do. They need the space vacuum. Which, in hindsight, you would have thought that he would have been making an offensive plan. They were chasing that thing for many hours, right? Well, you think he had obsessed with this so much over the years that he would have had a plan by now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yep. But they go in with, like, no tactics. Yeah, no, he just kind of, again, old man yells at Cloud. Mm -hmm. That's all that happens. Like, there's no military strategy. Yeah. He paints a picture that he's been obsessing about this for years and, like, regretting his choice in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So he should have had a plan. Yeah. You would think that he would have at least at some point thought, boy, if I had that chance to do it again, here's what I'd do. Yep. and he would have refined it over the past 20 years or whatever, because that's what you do when you have an obsession. Yeah. But yeah, he's like, well, I would have fired the gun a little faster. <laughs> yeah, like... that was the only thing that he thought of. And I'm like, that's not, no, that's not a plan. <laughs> yeah, because, and it that doesn't even work, right? For no. lots and lots of reasons. Um, yeah, this episode, I don't, the it feels like it's just pretty linear, but I also couldn't tell you what any order of the scenes go in. No. Nope. Because I've forgotten it already. I have deleted it. I haven't. I think I love this episode. I don't know why you guys hate it so much. Well, I do, because you've explained it thoroughly. <laughs> <laughs> I did do the math on its speed, because uh, I wanted to be able to say, like, well, this is going way too fast for track standards but because they say it goes it has traveled a thousand light years in 11 years um like no that's pretty fast but it's within the it's in warp capability but like this thing has warp capability um yeah so it's pretty fast it's yeah as fast as like some of the ships in track (laughs) so like well i mean there's the part where they're chasing it and whoever is I don't, know, I don't even is Sulu even in this episode? I don't even know. No. But when they're chasing no, it so. and they're like, "We're going too fast. We're going to ruin the engines." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's faster like, than the Enterprise. So it's real fast. Or at least it can be for a while. For yeah, and then I think it's Spock that just does some hand waving about like gravity, like that it uses gravity. It uses the gravitational pull of something. Yeah. Yep. That sure. one. I didn't even try to dig in on that one. No, don't. It doesn't make sense. (laughs) Even to me. Well, I was going to change the topic. Um, Please. Can we talk about Christine and how cool she is in this episode? (gasps) She is. I actually do have a note about how cool Chapel is in this episode. Because she's super cool. She is. She she has a couple of good interactions where when they... When Kirk wants to wake up the Ensign, who is unconscious and she mm-hmm. she gives that look that's like this is a terrible idea and why would you do this and you're a but horrible she does person it. Yeah. yeah but she does it because she is a good officer and she follows orders and she does it even though she you know you know from the look on her face that she doesn't want to but she does it because she's awesome and oh. then when she goes and get, visits Garavik and, and is like, here's soup. You should eat soup. And makes and up a prescription from Bones yep, and totally lies about it to it force up. him to eat. Applying psychology and then walks away like, because I'm amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's the best. Chapel's amazing. She also looks fantastic in this episode. She's just great she overall. It's true. Her makeup is perfect. Her hair is amazing. Yep. Everything's good. Chapel is great. 
lover. So yeah, I wish there were more episodes. We just had every member of the cast. Like we mentioned, I don't think Sulu's in this. Chapel's yeah. in not, like not many episodes. Like I wish all the, the crew was in all the episodes, which is obviously there's reason it wasn't. But yeah, I often imagine Chapel in episodes. Like imagine what she's doing in the background. Oh, that's a good yeah. Hmm, that'd be a fun. She's segment. sciencing. Yeah, that's a fun she's segment. What, what, cool what is she stuff. doing in the background today? Yeah. <laughs> I really do. I think about that a lot. She's solving all of Bones' problems. I mean, yeah. she's she cleans up a lot of the messes, I feel like. Yep, she does. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Bones dicks around with, with Kirk and Spock, and she's like, ugh, I have to fix this again. Well, speaking of Bones, poor Bones. All he does in this episode is, like, write autopsies and conduct autopsies, oh. and he's, like, swamped in paperwork, and then Kirk's like, here, listen to these 11 hours of recordings, and he's like, oh, I yeah. literally can't do this. I have, like, no sleep. It's ridiculous. I feel really bad for him. But I do like that he he stood up to Kirk and was like, I will take you off command if I think I should. Like... Yeah, and he still, like, has the time to be super tough. and You know, some of the, like, the recordings, it, it paints him more of a picture that, like, you think that Kirk would have already done his homework on this stuff. That he would have already poured over all the reports, poured oh, over, yeah. like, all this stuff, and already have an expertise of this creature, uh, what, 11 years later. Um, right. That he's kind of just pushing off on McCoy and saying, like, mm, <laughs> tell me if this is the same. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, Kirk's whole thing doesn't make a lot of sense to me in this episode. I mean, I get being obsessed with something that happened to you when you were young and, you know, wanting to fix it and fix past mistakes and all that jazz. I get it. However, if you were that affected by it, you would have already had a plan. Like, there would have been something in place where you've been like, I have been waiting for this and been be able to fix this my whole life. I even have the son of the man who died. I yeah, have right. everything. <laughs> like, there's so much. Well, and so they get a plan. And my read, right? A it's terrible plan. Right? It's a bowling ball and a bag of blood. Um, yeah. And then I'm not really sure. Like, maybe Chelsea. Do you want to try to explain how this plays out? I feel like by that point in the episode... The I plan of like... getting the space cloud. Yeah. <laughs> the plan is the space, space cloud leaves I'm to not apparently... trying to entrap you. I'm just saying... <laughs> like, no, no, no. I don't have it, I don't have it in the, me to The space sell cloud the leaves suddenly to go breed because Kirk just knows somehow that that's what it's going to do and also where it lives. So that's magical that he has that knowledge. Mm. And then they chase the cloud... With the apparent plan of firing the phasers. I think that is the plan. Ugh, what a terrible I can't plan. think of what else. Well, but then they end up with the the bowling ball machine and the bag of blood. Right? That plan is there. They go down to the planet. Yes. <laughs> Get, okay, it took me a minute episode. to realize what you were talking about. <laughs> yes, I see. Yeah, so the later saying. plan, after their main plan fails. Okay. <laughs> the main plan of shooting at the cloud. <laughs> oh, yeah, I Did didn't really understand. Oh, no, that makes sense. They go down with some bait, which somehow ends up really far away from the bomb. And they're going to set the bomb with bait and then explode the creature. Presuming that would somehow work. And apparently it does. Yeah, which also doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really make cloud. sense. Because it's a cloud. It must somehow dissolve its molecules. Yeah, when they were first talking about it, because it, it, they use antimatter. Um, yeah. 
and my thought was like they were going to do something with antimatter so that you know that if the cloud touches it it starts you know the the matter in the cloud annihilates with the antimatter blah 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 science um hmm. but then they're like well no i guess it's like an antimatter bomb or something that's what it's um like. which they don't really talk about much at all here no. or ever um yeah an ounce of antimatter oh man i should have done the math on that i mean it is a terrific <laughs> amount of energy um if you were to take an ounce of antimatter and, and annihilate it with an ounce of matter, boy, oh. So presumably, do the math. It One could, of our listeners, do that math. But <laughs> presumably, it could be enough to blow this creature's molecules like to little biddles. Yeah, but what I'm thinking is it's enough to like do some pretty big damage to the planet. Um, uh, like destroy the planet in the process. Yeah. Um, Apparently, they don't. They're not concerned with that. <laughs> No, I don't think so. They're not concerned with any of their the ramifications of their actions in this episode. No, consequences aren't really considered, as is no. often the case with Kirk. Yeah. All right, did some quick Googling. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I'm, I'm taking this from what is effectively, boy, the equivalent of Yahoo Answers. So again, someone fact-checked me. Um so about a gram of antimatter annihilating with matter would be, I mean, it's a lot. Um, it's a large nuclear weapon. Uh, so I'm saying an ounce would be a little over a megaton explosion. Yeesh. So not, I mean, not small, but not maybe as big as I was thinking. Okay. Still. But also not as powerful as they say, because they say like, the explosive force of more than 10,000 cobalt bombs, which are, I think, a made-up weapon from Star Trek, um, but presumably stronger than um, the hydrogen bombs, uh, atomic bombs that we know. So I think they're kind of playing pretty loose with all the different things they toss into it. Gotcha. Sort of. Another thing I wanted to say is that Ensign Garvik, I really wish his character was recurring. Yeah, he was pretty. He was beautiful. He was extremely attractive. (laughs) But he's also, I think, a pretty good actor. I No, yeah, no, he was good. The scene where he goes onto his bed and like cries is devastating. I'm a big fan of that. I have a huge baby Kirk like flashes he was i was like he's basically young kirk this is what's happening mm-hmm. yeah he was yeah i was into it i was into him he was hot <laughs> classic abigail yeah well <laughs> sorry i've been continuing to google and uh <laughs> paul has not been part of this conversation <laughs> he's been ignoring so, us completely. well so classic memory alpha talks about Arabic. so they're saying that a cobalt bomb is, you know, the, the circular oh, definition here, a type of nuclear weapon that had less than 10,000, the destructive yield, blah, blah, blah. But then they did the math, and they're saying that a cobalt bomb is a nuclear bomb that has a yield of less than 122 tons of TNT, so less than so a tenth of a kiloton, which is a very, very small yield for a nuclear weapon, um, which makes even less sense. That's very strange. I think they sure. wrote themselves into a corner on that one. I mean, you're saying words, and they sound like they make sense. Yeah, I, I, I'm with Abigail on this. 
this is not something I would have thought to care about. No offense. <laughs> Although, well, to be what honest, else? What else is in this episode that we yeah, should care about? <laughs> that's fair. I, I was about to say basically the same thing. I was like, to be honest, the rest of the episode I don't care about either. So. Um. Okay. I have something. I thought that the prop of tritanium was an amazing prop at the very beginning, as were the plastic tongs they used and the piece they phasered off of it. I did like those plastic tongs. I did like those plastic tongs. <laughs> I thought that whole scene was glorious, and they used that same rock in like nine different episodes, just painted a little differently. <laughs> it's beautiful. That, that makes sense. That all. Sure. That's really all I had to say. <laughs> yeah, there's not much... Uh, I mean, I feel like I don't have much on this one no i really i don't even really have like fun trivia items to talk about so let's let's put this one on the list in terms of how powerful this is um we call it the vampire cloud yep Mm -hmm. Uh, boy i mean okay let let's start at the bottom of the list is it more powerful than landrew i feel like yes yeah i feel like sure um okay yeah boy landrew just gets a bad rap here <laughs> landrew's not the best we don't um, like landrew the next step up the the chain is kirk two. Oh. and like well, if you just put kirk two and this vampire cloud in a room yeah the vampire cloud's gonna win vampire cloud's yeah, gonna win true. right and i don't think like kirk barely defeats this thing i don't think kirk two would have been better i don't either and presumably would have been worse yeah i agree and then above that, where we keep always sort of landing, the Omicron SETI-3 plants. I love them. Uh, yeah, I think they're stronger. Well... Yeah, they mess with your mind. What? They mess with your mind to make you do stuff. No, 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 no. Clouds no. just going to kill you. Do they have blood in them? No, they're plants. Well, so I think the trick would be you put both of these things Is... on a, a planet together, and neither of them could really hurt the other. No, well, we don't true. know that. Um, do, do, but... the fl- do the plants have iron in them? I don't think so. Because that's the question, are right? They a, are they a good, healthy source of iron? Yeah. I doubt it. Because if they have a lot of iron in them, I feel like the cloud actually could really harm them. I don't think they do. They're plants. Well, uh, what? The, what? Spinach is full of iron. <laughs> I what know, the but what, I Abigail? <laughs> I don't think these do. In my, in my brain, they don't. In my brain, the plants win. In my brain, I, I think that could be a draw. I, I don't think we have insufficient data. I think the fact that we're we're at best saying it's a draw. I'm that's why I'm saying if we put the enterprise down, like the they stand a better chance of beating this cloud than they do with those plants. Maybe that's where I'm landing. Okay. So I, I, I just th- like the plants better. <laughs> so hey, two happy. against one for once again, not against me. Wait, I think I no, I think I'm I'm no, agreeing with Abby. No, it with me. Oh, damn about it! What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say this again. I don't like you two very much this episode. <laughs> Stop. Uh, well, do you have a, Do you have anything else? The, anything else we want to point out? Not anymore. Or should we go to the, we go to the bingo? No. Chelsea, None. do you have anything? Okay. Nothing really. <laughs> the tagline for this episode: Nothing really. Anyway, cliche bingo time. Shape bingo. All right, so, so let's let's make a guess first. Yep. Uh, what do you guys Chelsea, think? do you think we have it or not? I think no. 
I think there's a lot of stuff in this one. I, I'm going to go, yeah. Okay. I have one clarifier for today. Excellent. Um, so we have bridge shakes as, as one of our squares. I mean, technically the bridge does shake because the ship does shake quite a bit. But they're in the transporter room when the ship shakes. So do we count a bridge shake? Because all of the crew, all of our main people are in the transporter room when it shakes. So do we count that as a bridge shake or not? Well, is that, I always interpreted that square as where they like go side to side. Yeah, Back and forth yeah. wildly. Yeah, they do, that, like, and they do in the, in the transporter room. That They do. But it's not on the bridge. Yeah. No, it's, it's not. It's not on the bridge. But it's implied that it's also happening on the bridge. Well, because the ship is shaking, yeah. I think I've got to say, no, it's not a literal bridge shake. Yeah. Okay, if... okay that's fine. Yeah. That it's is not the my cliche. only clarifier. It's not the cliche that would be parodied, right? Right. <laughs> that is my only qualifier. Okay, so we did not get bingo or oh. anywhere friggin' close. <laughs> Yay! For once I win something. <laughs> we do have the title of the episode said, so... Obsession. That's that's obsession. Uh, Nurse Chapel's there, so we get that. Red shirts die, so we get that. Uh, Bones does drink, so there's fun. And then there's a captain's log entry. Wait, but that's oh it. no, Bones doesn't drink. He just says he needs a drink. But he yeah. does. He goes for one, so it's it counts. Where when did my... he do that? And when they're talking about I need a drink, he does pour himself something. Does he? Yeah. Ooh, I might need to go back and watch that. I love it when Bones <laughs> drinks. I do too. It's my favorite. We need a just a but... compilation of them, of all the times Bones <laughs> no, drinks in the series. That'd be real good. But yeah, so no, no bingo. There wasn't much, not not much cliches in this hmm. episode. Felt Another like reason that, to but... not care for it. All right. What's in the hat? <gasps> what's in the hat? The real life Let's hat. See what we're looking at. Which I saw. I saw the hat because I'm in the same place as Abigail, <laughs> and it's a top hat, and it's decorated with all the Star Trek emblems. I like it a lot. Oh yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> she has made. She's. Uh, I may be worried about her. She may be hallucinating something. I'm not. Sure I'm you guys. not. The hat is real. <laughs> All right. Next week, we're watching season two, episode two, Who Mourns for Adonai. Adonais. Wait. Adonis. Adonis. Yeah. Who mourns for Adonis? Uh, but there's boy, an yeah, A in right, there. The... Boy, it's definitely Moons for Adonis. I remember this episode. I think I've always heard it as Adonis, but I think you're right that... Adonis, I think. I don't that's know. not how that would... Yeah. Either huh. way, the synopsis <laughs> is a, power, a powerful being claiming to be the Greek god Apollo appears and demands that the crew of the Enterprise disembark onto his planet to worship him. By the time we watch it, we'll know how to pronounce the episode title. <laughs> Man, I mean, it's look just, it up. It's so much Plato's stepchildren again. Yes, it, it is. Kind of is, yeah. It's more. They really liked like the Greek Roman thing. They did. In TOS, it pops man. up a lot. At least all my Roman references will make sense on this one. Yeah, there's <laughs> well, that. It didn't last time, but wait, but is it though? No, it's Greek still, isn't it? Oh wait, you're right. It yeah, is it's still Greek. Greek. Crap. <laughs> you're still you're still out of luck, Paul. Sorry. <laughs> oh well, well great. Well, um, you guys can follow us on social media if you want to. If you're into that kind of thing, you really should. 
Um, yeah, Chelsea really wants you to follow us on Facebook, on our Facebook page. Absolutely. Um, and the Insta. <laughs> and the Twitter. Yeah, and, yeah Instagram, Twitter. Um, on Twitter, we're 3B. I need to look it up. What are we? All right. Um, yeah, so follow us on Twitter at Beam3. Um, on Instagram, 3 to beam up On Facebook at 3 to beam up um, You can go subscribe to our website. Subscribe in uh, different places. Yep, you can subscribe. comment on our website. You can comment on Facebook. We're going to be happy to look at some of those listener comments in just a few weeks. Yeah. yeah uh, so... Comments and uh, feedback on places like iTunes and different podcatcher apps. Um, yeah. So it's super Wherever helpful, too, because that drives that. rankings. That'd be great. Um, and then watch... Who mourns for Adonis? The, uh, Adonis? Adonis? It's who knows Adonis. how it's pronounced? And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>